You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. You deserve it. You deserve it, Lord Jesus. You deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, all the worship. A million tongues will not be enough. You deserve it. That song says, my hallelujah belongs to you. You deserve it. You deserve it for January up to July. You have kept us safe. You have kept us all and healthy. Lord, we thank you because you are with us. You are with us all the time. When the enemy came like a flood, your spirit raised a standard against them. If not for you that has been on our side, what should our Israel say now? Lord, we thank you. Lord God, you've made our story to become a testimony. We thank you for turning things around. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. Brethren, I want you to lift your hands to Jesus and worship him. Worship him who lives forever. Oh my spirit, worship your maker. Worship your maker. I worship you, Lord God Almighty. I give you praise. You deserve all praise. You deserve all glory. To you be all honor. To you be all praise. We thank you for what you have started to do in our lives. We thank you for our privilege to be called your children. To be called by your name to be called children of God. We thank you because we have a father. I'll reach that. We have a father in you. A one, a, a good God, holy, merciful, righteous, full of grace. Lord God, we worship you. We are excited to be called your children. We feel proud. We feel proud. And in your presence, Lord God, we release ourselves this morning. We say, Lord, have your way. We say, Lord, take control. I submit myself unto you, dear father. My mind, my soul, my spirit, every part of me, I hand over to you that in, indeed I will become and be continually a vessel of honor to bring your world to my world. In the name of Jesus Christ and for everyone listening, wherever they may be, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will give us the kind of heart that receives your word, the engrafted word. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, teach us. Rabbi, please teach us. We know not what to say. Lord God, teach us. Lord God, teach us to hear you. What you are saying. That we will hear what you are saying, not what man is saying. In the name of Jesus. And above all, Lord God, help us to be doers. To heed your word. To not be too smart in our own eyes, but to do your word. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, dear Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be in God's presence. Many are called indeed, but few are chosen. We thank God for being among the few that have been chosen to hear God's word today. So I encourage you, please don't be distracted. Get yourself in a comfortable position. Call your friends. This is time for the word. Let them be part of what God is doing. Take your writing materials. I don't know what platform you're listening from, but take your writing materials. Make a note because God is going to be speaking to you. Even through this series that we have started a couple of weeks back, we know we called it the good, the bad, the ugly. We've talked about the starboid is the ugly person in the family of that Luke 15 story. We talked about the star boy, how he got his possessions and straight away took off from home, went to to spend his possessions in riotous living with wayward people. And he came back broke, wretched, MCMA broke. And we talked last week about rich dad, the one who had all things in excess. Not only rich 
in money but also rich in mercy and we talked about how he showed compassion to the boy who was lost but had now become found so rich dad is a good person in the family but today we are going to talk about somebody else is the big brother in the family at the end of this message you will make up your mind what category to put him good bad or ugly today's title is the big brother the big brother and we go back to our uh, series text which is taken from the book of luke chapter 15 so i'm going to start my reading from the book of luke chapter 15 i'm going to read the first three verses the bible says then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him and the pharisees and scribes complained saying this man receives sinners and eats with them so he spoke this parable to them saying i'll stop there for now so the bible says the pharisees were there complaining that this man this man there was jesus of course it's because they reckon him to be something you know this is the thing i don't get about pharisees in one breath you say he's a nobody you say he's an impostor you say he's not the christ in another breath you expect him to behave in certain acceptable ways from your religious prism so they felt oh if he was really that much of a prophet as he claimed if he was really that much of a special teacher as he claimed he should have known the difference between those of us who are righteous and those tax collectors and sinners and he should have stayed away from them because we jews we don't have dealings we don't have dealings with sinners we don't even enter their houses we don't eat from their boat if we manage to jam them in the market when we come back home first thing we wash our feet we wash our hands we wash our clothes because we don't want to be contaminated with sinners. If this man is such a righteous man, if indeed he is such the Christ, why is he mingling with sinners and tax collectors? Government workers. Why is he rolling with government workers and tax collectors and sinners? The Bible said they complained. Why? People came to meet Jesus. They said, we know we are sinners, but we know that you have the word of truth. We want to come and listen to you. And the Pharisees were angry. So Jesus said, I'm going to tell you a story. And from one story, it became two stories. And from two stories, it became three stories. In the first two stories, you remember very well, he talked about the parable of the lost sheep. And the second story, he talked about the parable of the lost coin. And he used it to illustrate some of the things we've mentioned in our previous messages. I encourage you to go pick them up, listen again, and be blessed again. Or share with somebody as the Lord will lead you. Today we want to focus on an aspect of the parables that he did not illustrate to them with the first two. You know, the first two was with an animal that naturally, not a very smart animal, the sheep, wandered away naturally. So emotions were not involved. The second case was an accidental loss where a coin just fell and rolled on the edges. I don't know if it has happened to you before. When a coin falls, if you manage to roll on that middle edge, it just keeps running and runs under the chair and runs under the table and runs under something or runs to the road. So this coin fell and rolled away. So again, that was an accidental loss. The sheep getting lost was a natural loss. But in this third case, and this was why I believe very strongly, the Lord Jesus Christ used this parable to say, even in the case where the loss was not natural, where the loss was not accidental, where the loss was intentional, it was deliberate, it was willful on the part of what 
got lost or who got lost. He said, even then, something applies that we have mentioned before. Number one, that there is joy in heaven when anyone who is lost is found. And that there is no price too great to pay to get back, restore and bring back to the original state anyone who was lost. So he told this third parable to explain that to them. And we started last week by looking at the rich dad, how the rich dad rejoiced when he found that young man. Okay, good. Let's go back to where we're reading in verse 11 now. Verse 11. The Bible says, And he said, A certain man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Observe that, you know, this man had two sons, and by right, by culture, both of them should have an entitlement to the possessions of the father, the inheritance, the goods of his father. However, only one of them, should I say, was bold enough, or was greedy enough, or was aware enough. I think I will start with aware. You know, sometimes the issue is not about greed or no greed. Let's even leave that aside. Let's leave aside the fact that he asked for it when the father was still alive. Let's leave aside the fact that once he got it, he ran away with it, put it aside first. Let's look at the fact that there was a recognition on the part of the younger son that I have a right in this house. My father is this rich dad. I have a right. You know, I've read this story many, 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 many times. And each time I pass this, I wonder, what did the elder son, what did he do in this whole scenario? We didn't hear him talk until maybe verse, um, verse 20, 25. When he came back from the field. We didn't hear him talk. This is exactly how some Christians are. Oh. We have been told. Our dad is a rich dad. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All silver and gold belong to him. He wants us to have everything. But you ask. No. All we do is complain. Complain, complain and complain. He said ask that your joy may be full. He said so far you have not asked me anything. So far, you have not asked. Sometimes we don't even know what it means to ask. Oh, we think, yes, the Bible says that your father already knows what you need. But this same father said, ask and you shall be given. If you do not knock, the door will not open. If you do not seek, you will not find. This same father said it. So certain sons, first and foremost, they are aware. That they have an inheritance. They are aware that they have an inheritance. Big brother, listen to me today. You have an inheritance. It is true that you are angry. But your anger is misplaced. You have an inheritance that the father could have given you if he had asked. Plus, you didn't even ask. 
yet he gives to you. Read your Bible. He said, so he divided to them his livelihood. I'm reading verse 12. So what happened when the rich brother, I mean the, the big brother, got his portion of the livelihood just the way the star boy got his portion of the livelihood. What happened? Good thing. The big brother decided not to go anywhere with his possession and I will come there. But let us first settle the fact that we must recognize one that as a son of the rich dad, as a child of God, you have an inheritance. Write it down. I have an inheritance in Christ. You know when I say inheritance, I don't think I'm only talking about money. <laughs> the Bible says, according to his divine nature, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Second Peter 1 verse 3. He said, all things he has given to us. So, we actually have something. The divine nature of Christ, we have it. So, if Christ could heal, we have it. If Christ could rise from the dead, we have it. Don't you know we will rise from the dead too? First Corinthians 15. The Bible says in the twinkling of a high, and an eye, we will too will rise. He said the dead in Christ will rise first. So we have it. If Christ could levitate, the Bible says while he was still speaking with them, you know, he had risen from the dead. He had spent 40 days with them. He had said, okay, let's go to Galilee. And the Bible says as he was speaking with them, he said he started to lift and right in their presence, he went into the sky. Do you know we have it? What is rapture? We have it. So at rapture, the exact same thing is going to happen. We too, we will be raptured. We'll be taken up. We have it. The divine nature, we have it. First John chapter 3, if you read verse 2, he said, Now are we the children of God, sons of God. He said, It does not yet appear what we shall be. He said, But when we see him, we shall be like him. Why? When we see him, our lives will be translated. The things that are in him, that are not yet revealed in us, they will be revealed. We have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. Let me read for you First Corinthians chapter 2. I love this scripture very well. I'm going to read. First Corinthians chapter 2. Um, that should be verse 12. Yes. First Corinthians 2, 12. The Bible says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. <laughs> Somebody underline this in your Bible. First Corinthians 2.12 There are certain things that have been freely given to us. Freely given to us. But many believers do not know what those things are. The younger son knew it. He said, my father is this man. Who is this rich dad? Definitely I have possessions. So he went to ask having the understanding having the understanding he went to ask that's the first order we need to cross you must understand that you have an inheritance you cannot continue to live as a servant when you are a son huh? if you don't know what you have you will never be able to make good use of it and the devil is a master at this he knows that many Christians don't know their rights there is such a thing called believers rights he knows that many believers don't know even though God has given you certain rights and privileges as his own son, as his own children if you are not cognizant of it, you will live like a servant it doesn't mean that the father has not given you no, it doesn't mean so although the older son got his own inheritance he lived like 
if he was not blessed. We'll, we'll keep reading. We keep reading. I don't want to read too much of this because we've read it extensively again and again this, uh, this month. I'm sure you are now familiar with the story. So I'm just going to be jumping from one verse to another. A lot of things transpired here. Of course, you know how after the younger son, the star boy, got his possession and went away and squandered it. And God had taught him a lesson. There had been a famine in the land and he had come to his senses and he had returned home. So in verse 25, the older son was now coming from the field. Coming from the field after he had gone to work. Okay, let me pause here. Let me pause here and say something. So, because I need to balance what I'm saying. I mentioned earlier that as a son, you have inheritance, you have privileges, you have rights, you have possessions, whether you know it or not. Whether you have taken it or not. Whether you are at home with it or you are away with it or not, you have possessions. And that there is a difference between a son and a servant. Agreed. However, 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 it is still the expectation of the father that sons not only take the privilege of sonship, but they should also use that privilege to serve the father. I'll say that slowly. Many of us, because we have come to that place of sonship, we have um, started to understand our place in Christ. God has started using us in one shape, size, or form or the other. Then you begin to carry yourself like uh, you are too big to save. No, that's wrong. Bible says concerning this son, this obedient son, he said he was coming from the field. The field, it was, it was not a park. They didn't say he was coming from a park, amusement park. No, he went to a field to serve the father. And this is in accordance to the will of the father. The father actually wants his children to serve him. Um, let me, let me show something. In the book of Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, if you read from verse 28, the parable of the two sons. Bible says, but what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second son and said likewise, and he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father. They said to him, the first. Meaning, it is the will of the father that sons should go into the vineyard to work for the father. Not as servants, but as serving sons. And there is a difference. There is a difference. If you go back to the book of um, Malachi, let me just put my hand here on this. Look. And quickly go and look at the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Yes, you guessed right. Yeah, but you guessed wrong what I'm about to say. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Because anytime we quote Malachi, chapter 3, everybody's heart is on verse 9 and verse 10. So I'm not going to read verse 9 and verse 10 today. I'm going to read verse, um, I'm going to read verse 16. 
Malachi 3 16. It says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. My emphasis is verse 17 and verse 18. Bible says, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I make them my Jews, I will spare them. As a man spares his own son who serves him. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. That is, there are sons who serve the father. There are sons who don't serve the father. The sons who serve the father. In the day of calamity, the father will spare them. I'm not going to say what the father will do concerning the sons who don't serve because I don't know. He is the father. Is his prerogative? But in verse 18, the Bible says, Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. So the, the Bible is saying there is a difference in treatment. Those who serve God and those who don't. So this elder brother, this big brother, the Bible said he was coming from the field. And as he came near, he drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. Ah, party is happening. Party Jolof is smelling everywhere. He's hearing music. See what the Lord has done. What we waited for has come to pass. See what the Lord has done. He was wondering, what's going on here? What's happening? That did you too much or it was any judicate? What's going on here? There was a party. There were drummers. There were those brigade guys. Everybody blowing trumpets. What's going on here? It's like daddy is celebrating something. Today is not daddy's birthday. As daddy just bought a new Bugatti, we know it's the rich. That is there something in it for me? Or is this a surprise party for me? The big brother must have thought. So he started going. He started going. Let me start running towards home. I'm hearing sound. There's jubilation. People are blowing bigu. They are blowing trumpet. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of aroma in the air. So he kept going. The Bible said in verse 26. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. What's this noise? Verse 27. And he said to him, Your brother has come. Ah, which brother? Which brother? And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. I don't like this scripture. So, I understand if you say, my brother has come, yes, and they've killed one of the chickens at home. Okay, let's even graduate. One of the big turkey at home. Not D. D means that there's only one. It's a definite article. Defatted calf. So there's this calf that we have in the family. It's not a pet. Of course, there's no further use for a calf. We're going to roast it and make as soon one day or the other. So we've been feeding and fattening this calf for such a day that we'll have a big party in this house. And we'll bring this fat calf out and slaughter it and use it you know to entertain ourselves in fact people will take selfies before we kill it because we have spent time nurturing and caring for this prized possession of the house the bible said it was this prized possession this one of a kind the fatted calf that was slaughtered 
for this boy that has gone to waste all these resources. Bible said, verse 28, but he was angry and would not go in. The people that said, what? This cow that even me have been eyeing that on the day I graduate, maybe that's the day we are going to kill this calf. Or on the day I get married, that's what we use for the party. That's what I'm taking to my honeymoon. And you killed it for this good for nothing, boy. The Bible says the big brother refused to enter the house. Say, I'm not joining this party. So he waited outside. He stood outside. He will not change his clothes. He will not change his shoes. He will not go in. He was sweating. He sat outside. He said, I will not enter. Even though this jollof rice smell is tempting, I will not go inside. I will not go inside. They have cheated me. They have robbed me. They have mistreated me. I have been disrespected. So they went to tell the daddy. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, you know, all through this verse, this passage, we never heard anything that the son said to the father, this big brother. He never said anything, anything at all, good or bad. He never said it to the father. But on this occasion of doing a party for this returning star boy, the guy opened his mouth and he began to, to speak. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, that is, he said, look him now, reason him. Daddy, reason up. These many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet, you never gave me a young goat, even if it's to do as soon, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fattened cow for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. Let me pause here for a while. Let's be fair. And let's be honest. Do you think the big brother had a right to be angry? Think about it. Think about it. You know, he brought out his points. He said, point number one. I have served you for all these many years. Many years. I think to, to bring home this point, I need to step out of the uh, illustration zone and come into interpretation zone a bit. Remember what, what I read at the beginning of this message in Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 3, to say Jesus used this parable to communicate a message to the Pharisees and scribes. I'm saying this to help us understand what I'm going to say next. So, in reality, of course, we know what this story is about. Jesus Christ is the rich dad who would go to any length to seek those who are lost and bring them back home, including those who are willfully, stubbornly, knowingly lost. He will bring them home. It is nature. We know that the prodigal son, this star boy, refers to sinners. People who ordinarily were created in the image of God, that God nurtured and cared for. But who decided to turn their back on God. God had blessed them. But they had gone away with the blessings of God to go and rock their lives. And now they have reached the bottom of the rock. 
and they are broke they have returned home prodigal son so sinners bible says we all like sheep have strayed away and each one of us we have gone astray huh? but jesus christ came and saved us and brought us back home so we are the prodigal sons all of us we are the prodigal sons question so who is big brother of course big brother are the pharisees and scribes and that's why jesus was now using this parable to explain it to them let me bring it further in context so big brother is saying daddy i have been serving you all this while listen you know the pharisees we blame pharisees a lot we say a lot of bad things about pharisees and sadducees and scribes and scientrine and everything else hmm? But please try to understand them try to understand where they are coming from perhaps we have some empathy to understand why they feel so entitled ah okay strong word yes they feel entitled <laughs> yeah pharisees feel entitled read your bible all through big brothers and we will see that it's not only pharisees that are big brothers there's a bit of big brother in every one of us too but let's stay on pharisees for now if you read your Bible, you go from Genesis, you get to the book of Malachi. You will see space. Hmm? Before you see the book of Matthew. Of course, if you are conversant with the way the Bible was written and the history of the period, you will observe that there was a long gap period be- between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew. That is before God started to speak again to men in that region. There was a long gap in the dealings of God with the prophets and those books of the law. There was a big gap between when God started showing up again, where God sent angel Gabriel again and sent him to Zechariah and sent him to Mary. Before God started doing that, before God started stirring up people like Anna, before God started stirring up people like Simon, there was a gap period. Of course, many bad things have happened. Captivity has happened. Different other nations have occupied Israel. At this point in time, the Romans were the ones occupying Israel. So the only way that anything godly or anything reminding them of their religion, Judaism, the way it was preserved was by the effort, the diligence, the labor of this group of people called Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes. People who were teachers of the law. People who were interpreters. People who were copywriters of the law. So while everything was scattered, politically speaking, in the nation, where everybody was disillusioned and confused, this was a set of people that said we will continue in the traditions of the elders who will sit down and uphold the laws of Moses. Mind you, there was no other thing they could hold on to at that point in time. That was the subsisting covenant, the subsisting legislation, the subsisting pattern of dealing between God and man. So they were the preservers. They were the custodians. They were the ones that made sure he did not die. Of course, in the process, it became a tradition. So they forgot why they were doing what they were doing. So they kept doing what they were doing without understanding why they were doing it. So it became a religion. And they had a form of godliness, but have denied the power thereof. Do you understand? They did a lot of work to make sure that temple services were still going on. 
the priesthood lineage, even though it was corrupted and it was decaying, they made sure that system was still running. They made sure their children, over a period around 400 years, were still taught the law, were still taught, God says the Lord, were still taught the Torah, were still taught the ceremonial laws of the people in that area. So they did a lot. They worked in the father field for many, 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 many years. They preserved the tradition. So they were saying to Jesus, we that have been serving God all this while, when all these people have gone astray, you did not give us anything. So this is what they were saying here. And this is what Jesus was hearing. He said, I hear you. I hear what you are saying. You are saying, Father, I have been with you all these years. Whenever that person has gone astray, he said, I know. You have a case. But he said, see, how do I say this? The mathematics for God's reward system is very, very different from our own. I myself, to be honest, these things beat me sometimes. Because I've read some things in the Bible and say, God, is that fair? Is that fair? Let me show you one of them. <laughs> Matthew chapter chapter 20. I can't read it. It's too long. Matthew chapter 20. If you read from verse 1 to verse 15. Let me quickly paraphrase it for us. So, it was again <laughs> a parable. It said, for the kingdom of God is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. So he went out very early in the morning to go and get people to work. Bible says, when he got laborers, verse 2, now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, this is a teaching for another day, so he negotiated with some people. Some of us who like negotiating with Jesus. I will do your work if you give me a wife. I will do your work if you send me to America. I will work for you if you make me rich. So he met those category of people and they negotiated. I will give you one denarius. Okay. The Bible says, after he did that, he said, go inside my feet, go and start working. Early in the morning, by the third hour of the day, the Bible said, the master went out. He got some other people. This time, I, I, I should read this one. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing in the marketplace, idle. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right I will give you so they went these people did not negotiate so they went into the field and said well we trust your judgment we are not interested in um, what you will give us or what you will not give us we know that you will do what is right you are a good man let's go and work I will work whether or not you pay me I will work whatever amount you pay me I will work whenever you choose to pay me I will go and work. So this category went by 3 o'clock. So they didn't have discussion on how much are you going to pay me. They just went, believing him that he would do what is right. Bible says, for God is not a righteous to forget your labor of love. <laughs> He's not a righteous. He said, ah, we know that for God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We know it. So they went into the field and went to work without an expectation. So Bible says at the sixth hour, he went again, got some other people. At the ninth hour, he went again, got some other people. Then at the eleventh hour, that is one hour to the close of work, like maybe 5 p.m., <laughs> he 
he went again and got another set of people this is the part that I don't like in this story that's the part I want to read for you hmm. this verse 8 Bible says so when evening had come the owner of the vineyard said to his steward call the laborers and give them their wages how beginning with the last to the first why now why you got some people at zero hour six in the morning you got them they've been working since why do you want to pay people who started by 5 p.m first sorry this is the way the rich dad runs his business so he said go and pay the people who came in at the 11th hour first because something interesting is going to happen beginning with the last to the first and when those who came were hired about the 11th hour they each received a denarius that is those that got the job by 5 p.m he gave them one denarius remember one denarius one denarius was what he promised the people that he hired by 6 a.m hmm? he had them by 6 a.m said i will give you one denarius the people he hired by three by six by nine by eleven hour he didn't discuss any amount with them but he decided to give them the amount he negotiated with the person he had by 6 a.m good so he gave them up the 11th hour guys the ninth hour guys the sixth hour guys the third hour guys every one of them he gave them one one denarius one one denarius as negotiated with the 6 a.m guys so the 6 a.m guys was said, thank god though it's good to always he said the patient dog is the fattest bone now that he has discharged the newbies we the shareholders at least by now he will do something extra for us he said but when the force came verse 10 <laughs> the people he had by said, they supposed that they will receive more why <laughs> and they likewise received each a denarius why did they think they will receive more See, this is why i was talking about entitlement they felt we are entitled to more more than was negotiated and when they has received it they complained against the landowner saying these last men have worked only one hour and you made them equal to us who have borne the body and the heat of the day but he answered one of them and said friend i am doing you no wrong did you not agree with me for a denarius take what is yours and go your way i wish to give to this last man the same as to you is it not lawful for me to do what i wish with my own things or is your evil or is your eye evil because i am good <laughs> uh, please please let me leave this story this is just vexing me now so the the master said see my calculation is different the fact that you have been serving me many 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 years does not mean that i'll give you preferential treatments i don't like this truth but it is the truth of course because you've been serving he didn't bind your mouth huh he didn't muzzle the ox that dressed the floor so the things that you could have got on the job you got it but in terms of the reward i promise you at the end i'm not changing it and this is why it's very painful for the big brother so the big brother said i have another allegation 
He said, I have never transgressed your commandments. Me, Pharisee. I've done everything right. He said, don't eat. I did not eat. He said, wash your hand. I washed my hand. He said, don't touch. I did not touch. Everything you said I should not do, I did not do. He said, I know. Mr. Pharisee, big brother. I know. He said, but all your righteousness, Isaiah 64 verse 6, all this your righteousness, is like filthy rag. And you know, this one, this one pains me. Today, 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 some of us Christians, in our own eye, we are the holiest thing that has ever worked on this planet. If possible, holier than Jesus. The man who was born without sin and lived without sin. We are the ones that know everybody's sin. We are the ones that have dissected and, you know, analyzed all their errors. All their misgivings. Even the things they are thinking, we are the ones that know it. We are so holy. Say, so don't be like that. That's the Pharisee behavior. That's, that's a big brother behavior. Say, so I've, I've never transgressed your law by saying that you have sinned. Because in your, in your mind's eye, you think that it's by doing the do's and not doing the don'ts. That's how you merit heaven. No, Jesus said, no, all those things don't count. Thank you for keeping the law. But you didn't keep it for me. You kept it for you. This law was just a school teacher trying to guide you before I come. And now I've come. And all that you can tell me about is the law. He said, you read the, the, you read the, the Bible. I mean, you read the scriptures. He said, because in it you believe that you have life. He said, but you have neglected me. I'm here. I'm here. I'm the author of this word. I'm the one that this word is speaking about. From the law to the prophets, they all wrote about me. And yet I'm in front of you. Yet you cannot see it. You are so preoccupied with keeping the laws, ticking your boxes. He said, ticking the box is not good enough. Yes, it's making you angry. Oh, I've kept myself. I've done everything right. And I see this girl. She has messed up herself. She has done this and that. And yet she's getting husband before me. Don't be a big brother. Celebrate them. Because your time is coming. Your own time is coming. Oh, I've done everything right. I never cheated. When I was on campus, I did not cheat. Yes, those who cheated, they got jobs before me. Wait. Your job is coming. Don't get angry because somebody else is getting blessed. Don't get angry. So, the big brother was angry. He gave another reason. He said, you didn't even give me gold to party with my friends. You didn't give me gold. The father said in verse uh, 31, see, see, everything I have is yours, including this fattened calf. If you had killed it before, I would not have stopped you. All the goat and sheep in this world, they are yours already, but you didn't know how to take possession of it. All the Pharisees were doing was just religious ceremonies religious ceremony it was in their midst somebody called John Rose and became the greatest man that was ever born of a woman in their midst they were focusing on the wrong things all these other things were there the desert where John went to the desert did not, it did not fall from the sky it had been there they could have gone to prepare the way of the Lord too but they were not ready they were preoccupied with something else they were preoccupied with something else you gave this fatting calf to this your prodigal son instead of me. You didn't give me anything. Father said, Is it not my calf? I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. Romans 9.15 I will show compassion to whom I will show compassion. So the Pharisees, big brothers, 
they felt very offended very offended how will you be having mercy on tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes how how if anybody deserves mercy it's us we that help you to hold this religion before you came after all you say you have come to fulfill the law we help you to hold the law we are the pillars and the shakers and the movers of the law yes you neglected us you don't give us attention you give attention you give attention to these commoners any small thing you go to the house of tax collectors you go there and sit down you go to the house they will bring a master box prostitutes will be touching you with, with her hair with her tears ah, 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 by Jesus Jesus said sorry if you feel offended I love sinners I did not come to save those who feel that they are saved I've come to seek those who are truly lost since you said you have eyes I've come to seek the blind that they might have eyes that they may see this is the way the kingdom works I was sent to these tax collectors and to these sinners yes they are prodigal sons but it was for their sake and we have to leave you in the 99 and go and chase the one stray sheep this is the way it was big brother so they got offended the way we to get offended when sinners come to Christ and you know I don't know if it's just me but I've, I've seen a pattern it's like God has a welcome back pack for some people when they just come to faith you know, when they just come to the faith before they ask God one thing like this pack, they receive it you come for the same prayer meeting a new convert you just pray God I need this next thing tomorrow the new convert is doing testimony and me my prayer list is still very long there are many things on it that are still not yet sticked and it looks as if God is answering their prayer faster than my own sometimes it can get to us I've been in this church. This person just gave their life to Christ. Next thing, you have made them this. You have made them that. You have given them this offer. God has done this for them. God has done that. We will get angry. Big brother, don't be angry. Don't be angry. It's for their sake. Just for our sakes too. That Christ died. But because they are new and they are lost, God needs to give them clarity. You, you can stand. So stand, big brother. Stand. Lord Jesus, let me open book of Mark. Mark chapter 2. I came across this scripture recently again. And um, I'd just like to read for you. Mark chapter 2. Let me read verse, um, verse 17. Um, let me start from 15. Let's start from 15. 15. Yes. Bible says, Now it happened as he, Jesus, was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. You know, what, what we don't get is that we think Jesus is emotional. Jesus is not emotional. He's not. He's very strategic. Very strategic. So when Jesus wants to save Many sinners. He looks for a prominent sinner as a magnet. Saves that one and uses that person as an epicenter to spread the shockwaves of salvation. So, when Jesus wanted to save many tax collectors and sinners, he went to look for a man called Levi. He himself, a tax collector. So, because 
this tax collector was Jesus' host. The Bible says many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. So he used that one sinner to attract many sinners. So that because of him, you see, and this is the mistake we make. Because we are so holy, we are so pious, we are so righteous. We isolate ourselves from certain people that God has called us to reach. So we stay in our church and say, well, if they can't come to, to church to be saved, too bad. No, many people will not come. We have to go to where they are. We have to go to that online space where they are. Because they will not come to you. Many of them are in that place. So you have to go there with the message of the gospel to reach them. Look for a major one among them. Attack that one with the message of the gospel. Pray for them. Intercede. Bring other people to come and support the work in reaching them. Because if you reach that one unbelieving influencer, you have reached a lot of people. This is what Jesus was trying to do. So Jesus had gone to the house of this tax collector. And many other tax collectors have come and seen us. And they sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many and they followed him. Verse 16. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? And he did not come to our own house. <laughs> so the Bible said, When Jesus ate it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but only those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. May I read that again? He said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Since you are righteous, no problem. Day your day. Let me go and meet the people who are sinners, those who need repentance. Let me go and meet them. So, sometimes we feel entitled when we see Jesus gravitating towards newcomers to the faith. Gravitating towards new people to the faith. Or people who backslid and have just come back. Say, stop looking at them from the prism of their history. Oh yes, you know she committed abortion. Yes. But she has repented and come back home. Let her be. Leave her alone. Big brother, leave her alone. You know, he used to steal. He was a yahoo yahoo boy. His hair is one kind. His nails are one kind. In fact, he was homosexual before. But now he has repented and come to the Father. Leave him and her alone. Leave them with Jesus. Don't be a big brother. Leave them alone. Let them enjoy the company of the Lord. It's because of their kind that he will leave the 99 and go. Go fetch that one, stray one. Big brother was very angry. Verse 30. He said, I will not enter this house. Oh. I will not enter this house. This party you people are doing is illegal. This guy has already taken his possession. Please, which other possession are you using to entertain him? Is it not my possession that you are now using to entertain him after he has squandered his own possession? Abba, this is unfair. I've been hearing about all the things he did. When he went to Dubai, how he was going around prostitutes' houses. When he went to Netherlands and was in the red zone, I heard all the many things he did. And now he has come back. I will not enter. Lord, help us. There are some people, some of us, we need to repent. Because of our behavior of not receiving those 
who have come newly to join the faith or those who backslid and have returned to the faith because we do not receive them they have gone back to the world and they are not totally lost at least almost so on account of our lack of empathy of our decision not to allow them to be reintegrated to the family the master said this my son was dead and is now alive he was lost and found people that said no for where he's not entering this house I won't enter this house or you will not enter this house you have to choose between me or him me that have been serving him you or him that has wasted your money you have to choose between us the father said my son don't be like that don't be like that you are always with me verse 31 you are always with me and all I have is yours only that you have refused to take what was yours I thank you for staying at home for your decision to stay at home with your possession it's a good decision but don't spoil it with this anger and complaining don't spoil it with this your cantankerous attitude don't chase away this son that has managed to summon enough courage to return home knowing that he could have been rejected knowing that he had even proposed in his mind that I would just apply to be a servant don't chase him away there are people we keep reminding them of their failings and failures we keep reminding them of their sins. Oh yes, he committed a, adultery. Yes. He has repented and come back to the Lord. Please accept them. Accept them. That's what Jesus would do. Oh, you say, Pastor Jenkins, what are you saying? Yes. That's what Jesus would do. The woman caught in adultery. Jesus says, see, I don't condemn you. I know you have sinned. Go and sin no more. Many of us, we have this big brother attitude. Big brother attitude. We must stop it. You can't afford to stay outside of your family just because your prodigal, star boy brother returned. He said, oh, I, will not, I will not go there again. That church is polluted. It's so, so sinners. Everybody wearing G-string. Everybody tinting air. They are the ones coming to church. Please close your eyes if you, if you are not bold enough to see. Let them come and be healed in their hearts. Let them meet Jesus. Don't chase them away. It's one step that they have taken to at least come and hear the word. Oh, Rome was not built in a day. They won't, they won't change in a day. They are still wearing skimpy in church. Please leave them. Jesus died for them too. Am, am I saying, oh, continue living a life that does not please the Lord or does not honor the Lord? Far from it. Far from it. But I'm saying, give others a chance to know the Lord. Give others a chance to be loved by the Lord. For them to be transformed by the Lord. Don't use your legalism to chase them out of the kingdom. And you too, don't stay out of the kingdom because they are in the kingdom. I will not go to church again. No, the sinners, so-so sinners, fool the church. I will not go there. It's not good. And don't, don't you think that just because the father is showering resources on this star boy that returned home, that there is a depletion to the possession you are supposed to have. No, 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 no. Have you forgotten who this father is? Is the rich dad. His name is El Shaddai. The multi-pressed one. The resources cannot finish. Even if he gives the possession to you again and again, the resources cannot finish. Uh-uh. It's unlimited. Unlimited. It's unlimited. So be at peace. Be at peace. There is still more than enough fattened calf. Yes, they've slaughtered this the fattened calf. We can create another fattened calf for you. Don't be jealous. Your own time of celebration will come to. Oh, don't let's celebrate you because you will go and backslide. No, no, that's not what we are saying. We are saying stay in the house. There is reward for long-term service. Stay in the house. Faithful service. 
Stay in the house. There is party at home, big brother. Join the celebration. Join the celebration. And I know you've been hearing about what Starboy is doing. What Starboy was doing. I know. Please, do something about it. You know, we Christians, we are fond of complaining. We complain about how much sin there is in the world. We complain about how much people have become wayward. We complain about how much pornography is in the world. Please, can you do something about it? You said all the content online are bad. Can you put good content? Can you allow God to use your status to preach? Can you allow him to use the story on your Facebook to preach? On your Instagram to preach? Your Twitter space. Can you allow God some space in your Twitter space? Don't just be complaining. Everybody has gone astray. They have gone astray. They are doing evil. Please, can you do good? Cooperate with the Father. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, says, Go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 16 from verse 15. He says that you should go and preach the goodness to all creatures. You know that star boy has gone astray and he is doing wayward things. Please, can you go to that place and reach them? Since you are hearing the news, you are hearing the news that is rocking life with adults, that he is blowing money all around. Please, can you step out of your comfort zone too and go and seek and save the lost? The father is entrusting this assignment into your hands. Big brother, I'm talking to you today. And I'm talking to the big brother in every one of us. Don't be judgmental. No. God didn't call us to judge others. He called us to reconcile them. He said we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. As if Christ through us pleading with the world that be ye reconciled. It's time for us to step out of this big brother syndrome. And step into the field and go and look for our brother. That your brother, that star boy is out there. That star girl is out there. She used to sing in the choir. She used to sing in the church. But now you see her on stage and you don't recognize her. You see her in the club. You see her posting pictures of herself in the club. Singing at the club. We say, oh, she used to sing in our choir. Can you do something about it? The minimum you can do is to start to intercede. To pray. The Bible says the father was there looking longingly. For the day that our son will return. And the moment the father sighted the son coming back, the father started to run. Can I put it to you? That the father was waiting eagerly, hopefully, waiting and saying, this is my son. I pray for you. Come back home. Hear the voice of your father. Even though you've gone to a strange land, come back home. Can you join the father in this prayer? And say, those brothers of ours that have gone astray, they used to be a part of us. Now they are against us. Even those who are not against us, they are showing apathy to us. They don't care about us. When they slander us, they join them to slander us. Can you step out of your comfort zone, big brother? There is party. And you don't have to be an outsider in this party. Bible says there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than over 99 that do not need to repent. Let's be part of this party and celebrate with the Father because indeed, we deserve to be one big happy family again. I pray for us that God will heal our hearts. That God will cure our hearts. I know you are hurting. I know many things you are expecting that the Father would have done for you by this time. He has not done it. And you see him doing it for people who are not even as righteous, in quotes, as holy. Or have served God as long as you have served him. And you are feeling pain. Don't feel pain. The Father says, my presence is with you. And in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. He says, everything I have is yours. 
May God open your eyes to begin to appropriate, to begin to ask the Father, Father, that which you said is mine. Let the world see it. Let my hands undo it. Let my mouth testify about it. In the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and expand this word in your heart. Join us next week as we go on to another segment in this journey on the book of Luke chapter 15. God bless you real good. And I look forward to meeting you next week by the grace of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store. And also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street, off Eric Moore, Lagos. God bless you.